Just a heads up that this week's episode mentions content such as sexual assault that may be triggering or disturbing to some listeners. virtual book club with two book loving brown girls i'm shia and i'm jenica hello welcome what welcome episode back, is everybody. this this is episode what? episode 11 oh my gosh i know we're in double digits that's, yeah that's exciting that's exciting all right today we are um talking about um the book the good lie by a.r tory 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 i think yeah tory yeah um, this was, I mean, again, we're coming up on like, let's talk about our pairings for our drinks. For me, um, you know, they talk about coffee, they talk about alcohol, they talk about wine in the book, <laughs> but what an interesting little anecdote was that she serves coffee in her psychiatry office. She serves mm-hmm. coffee with mint in it, which again, I'm always intrigued by this. And then I was reminded that one of my absolute favorite beverages of all time is a Phil's Mint Mojito. Phil's, so I don't know, good. I guess they they only exist, I think, in like California, right, Phil's? It's I, like yeah, a, I've never it's, heard of it until I moved here. Yeah, it's a chain that does like only like brewed coffee. So they have like an iced version um, and then they just do like brewed hot coffee and then you get it with like cream and sugar and it doesn't sound like it would be very good but it's actually really amazing it's so and good my, it's so good and one of my favorite <laughs> drinks is the iced mint mojito um and that is what i um sipped earlier today it's too late now for me to be drinking it even though it would be decaf i still don't wouldn't drink anything because it's sweet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i had it earlier but it's like it so hits the spot you you would think it it would be terrible because why would you put mint in your coffee? But oddly, it's good. Just like they it's found so out in this book. Good. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I've had it once and I like yeah, still think you remember about it. it. <laughs> you know, I was in like uh, a Lego. I was in like a Legoland line one time. I was like waiting, waiting in line. And the people in front of us had ice mint mojitos and they were just sipping mm. it. And I was like, God, this would have been a great. This is an amazing time to be having that right now while you're standing in mm. line. And yeah. I didn't have it. It made me very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sipping um, just scotch on the rocks. Um, you know, simple, easy. It's mentioned a couple of times in the book. Um, so I went with that. I do enjoy scotch okay. and whiskey. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> All right. Why don't you uh, go ahead and read the synopsis there, Jenica, for this book? All right. The Good Lie by A.R. Torre. Sixteens murdered, a suspect behind bars, a desperate father, in a case this shadowy, the truth is easy to hide. Six teenagers are dead. Finally, the, ki- the killer is behind bars, but are the games just beginning? Psychiatrist Dr. Gwen Moore is an expert on killers. She spent a decade treating California's most depraved predators and unlocking their motives. Motives. Predators must much like the notorious bloody heart serial killer whose latest teenage victim escaped and then identified local high school teacher Randall Thompson as his captor. The case against Thompson as the bloody heart killer is damning and closed as far as Gwen and the media are concerned, if not for one new development. 
defense attorney Robert Cavan Cavan is a still traumatized mm. father whose own son fell prey to the BH killer. Convinced of Thompson's innocence, he steps in to represent him. Now Robert wants Gwen to interview the accused, create a psych profile of the killer and his victims, and help clear his client's name. As Gwen and Robert grow closer and she dives deeper into the investigation, grave questions arise. So does Gwen's suspicion that Robert is hiding something and that he might be he might not be the one only one with the secret? Sorry, I fumbled through that. But it's basically mm. she's asking if he's not the only one with the secret. That was all. all right. So so this was um I actually think this was one <clears throat> of my favorite books of your genre that we've read thus far. This was I good. Liked it. Like, yeah. I I flew through it in two days. And I was going back to it, you know, when I was doing other stuff, I'd be like thinking about it and wanting to go back to reading it. So like for me, that's, that's like a, a, that's like that's a pretty a high praise. That's a huge plus. Yeah. That yeah. is a huge yeah. plus. Yes. For sure. I liked it. I liked it too. And it definitely, cause, because this is my genre, I, it definitely, um, I feel like when we've talked about this before, they become like pretty predictable, whichever genre we read, right? And they become yes. pretty predictable. And I, I thought we can go into it. We'll go into it a little bit more. But I thought this had a twist that came out of nowhere for me. Um, so I, that was, I was pleasantly surprised. Yes, <laughs> I I was. I, that's what. That's one of the reasons why I thought you might like it because I, I finished it before you and I was like, "What yeah. did you think?" Because I thought that it was pretty clever. I I don't. I guess I'm not like really attuned. I know you like things to be wrapped up in a real nice bow. I like a happy mm-hmm. ending, and you like things wrapped in a nice bow. And I guess mm-hmm. I'm not as aware of loose threads, so I'm not. I'm. I'd be curious to see if you you felt that there was anything that was left out. But I thought this like this book did a really thorough job from like beginning to end of taking care of like itself in terms of tying everything up as we went at the, yeah. by the end, I should say. I, yeah, I would say really like tidy. 95% I felt like it was tied up and wrapped. Um, the bow was a little loose. There was just like <laughs> one part that I that I want to talk about that because I just couldn't piece that part together um but for the most part yeah 90 I would say 95 percent okay all right so um I guess the the synopsis did a good job of giving like the bare bones of what this book was like it basically started with Gwen who's the psychiatrist psychologist psychiatrist Psychiatrist, who is treating who's like missed a phone call from a dangerous client of hers okay first of all I think I think what I found like not super believable or just I just distasteful was the fact that she she is choosing this as her job like I can't imagine any woman who wants to treat like these psychotic dangerous people alone in her private practice I'm so glad we're talking about this because like it just seems like really psychotic so my, my major, <laughs> I graduated with a major in psychology, and my favorite class was was abnormal psychology, and this is yeah. exactly what we discussed. Funny um, coincidence, um, you know Charlotte on Sex and the City. Mm-hmm. Remember, what's her What's her Samantha name? Samantha Davis. No, no, no Samantha sh- Davis. No, that, is that her name? I think no, so. Char- yeah. It was wasn't it Charlotte? No, no, Samantha's Kim Cattrall. Charlotte. Samantha in the book is Samantha is the name of Kim Cattrall, but her but I think that Charlotte's real actress name is Samantha is Samantha Davis. I don't 
I think I'll the last I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's Samantha. It's something else. Anywho, Kristen. It's Kristen. Kristen Davis. Yeah, yes. you're right. Okay. So anyway, her um, dad was my professor of abnormal psychology. Professor cool. Davis. Yeah. It was really nice. cool. I was so um, interested in that class. In fact, I when I graduated, I thought I was um, going to go into like abnormal psychology. I... Every year, except for this last year, I have applied to be an FBI profiler because this is like literally what my dream job would be. And, um, uh, you know, BD, did you ever watch Law and Order SVU? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So BD Wonk's character was, that's who I wanted to be, like just a forensic um, profiler. And so this was like right up my alley. So I totally understand why she would do that. I understand that. But a profiler's job is not in a private practice. Sure. Talking to these people alone in a room face to face, trying to like get them to not kill their wives at home. Like I feel like this is... You, if you're if you're a profiler, you're kind of more behind the scenes looking at evidence, like what she ended up doing, which is less yeah. dangerous to me than than having psychos in your room alone. So I I think that the private practice part was definitely like weird. I would definitely wouldn't do that. But I think everything else, like the whole just profession in yeah. general, it would was awesome. I thought it was. Like exactly again, exactly. I still want to do that when I grow up. Yeah. I think it's so. I can see interesting. you doing that. I can see I'm you doing that. Not that great at it, but I do. I do like to go <laughs> down the rabbit hole on topics and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I as a woman, it probably even as a man, I don't think I would do that in a private no. practice kind of setting. No, it's dangerous. You'd. I would do it in a, if I had to do it. I would do it in a hospital setting. You know, where yeah. there was security, there was support. You know, besides just Jacob sitting out at the front desk, you know, it would be, or, you know, Meredith down the hall, you know, it would be like real security. Yeah. Like when they had the problem and they were calling security up, it took them like, took security like five, 10 minutes to get up there to like get that guy out. So I feel like this is a very, that's a very strange form. I understand that the impulse to want it because it is interesting. Like I liked abnormal psychology too. Um, I understand because it's, it's fascinating, but is that what you wanted? It, like, especially, especially when she was having that crisis at the beginning where she was like, I wonder what happened to my patient who says I, you know, said something really troubling and hasn't called us back. And then, you know, missed, it keeps missing my calls. As soon as like he, as soon as like, it seemed like he had killed his wife and then committed suicide by stabbing himself in the stomach, I would have been like, okay, maybe I need to like switch what I'm doing up because this is a little bit too much. Right. So when I was Instead talking of just about, continuing. Yeah. When I was talking about loose bows, this is one of the loose part, loose parts that I thought of is like, well, A, yes, I wouldn't do it in a private practice. But, and then B, I would not give my private cell phone number out to anybody I wouldn't yeah it's like no I wouldn't do that at all so I thought that was really Mm -hmm. weird um just right off the bat that was like on the first page right yeah first first two pages or something like that I thought it was really weird and that she you know just had given that out what's to say that any of her clients wouldn't just look up her address they probably all did they had her first and last name Yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't. That's what I was like weirded out by the entire book. It wasn't realistic. Actually, that's a good point. Like, I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm pretty sure in California, you can. It's public records. Like, you, if you own a house and it's mm-hmm. under your name, 
So like one thing that she didn't mention is like, oh, yes, I have my house and I bought it using a trust so that people couldn't detect that my name was like they couldn't look me up and find out where I live. Like, I feel like she does not have enough safety measures Dr. Moore, Gwen, in her life for the job that she has. Like, yeah. she doesn't have a, like, a, a ring real, camera. <laughs> a ring camera. She doesn't have, like, she doesn't have a dog. She had a cat. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you need a German Shepherd that's been trained to be a, do- a guard dog. Like, I'm sorry. If, you, if you're working with dangerous clientele, which she admits all these people are deranged and, and like, dangerous then you should at least be like extremely careful in your personal protection. She's just like yeah. out here living on a yeah. living in a house by herself, like not well, even in an apartment building that that has like a doorman a and doorma- like security. Yeah. She's exactly. she's just out here raw raw dogging. <laughs> Are you serious? They could just phase. follow you home. They could just follow you home after after your appointments for the day. They just have to well, sit in their car and wait for you. They would find out exactly where you live. If if you lived in a high rise, at least they would only know your building. But here yeah, you were just sitting in protection. this house. Yeah. Well, and then she makes that comment like she's so stupid. She just hides her key somewhere around the front porch oh like, yeah that's even oh more my god stupid. this is this drive me this drive me so crazy yeah. too she was so dumb oh i'm sorry i'm just gonna leave all of this i'm just gonna leave all of this sensitive private information yeah. like extremely you know, sensitive private information of my patients <laughs> of myself of this like task that i'm doing for this man where i'm where i'm getting all these these uh I don't even know how he got all these files these private files Mm -hmm. of these of these children and she's just she's leaving them out she doesn't even like she's taking her patient and seeing him in the conference room but she's not locking the door to her office where all this stuff is like she's just dumb like Mm -hmm. she you she kept being like I'm not stupid I'm like there's some stupid things you've been doing though Gwen Mm -hmm. like 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 not 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 caring about um, confidentiality like that is it was such a HIPAA violation mm-hmm. for her to have the files of the that Abbott guy at her, in her house just like hanging out and she brings somebody home like yeah. I'm so I, I know that you live alone and you think that's private but if you're gonna bring somebody home like lock your shit up I don't yeah. understand and then again when she had that crazy client who who would be uncomfortable being in a different room than her usual room why doesn't she just move her stuff to the conference room why isn't she just putting all that stuff in the conference room and saying the conference room is off limits that's where i'm doing this task and my office is continuing as usual so nobody knows that anything is up oh i'm just gonna leave my purse in my office wide open with my wallet and keys and by the way we never find out for sure that the guy has her wallet and keys we just mm-hmm. assume but yeah. and and he supposedly lies about it but there was no there was no tie up to that yeah but like she just does not seem to give like a single shit about mm-hmm. like taking care of herself <laughs> just seems like very like dipsy. scatterbrained <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've discussed like literally the first paragraph. Yeah, I know, I know. We just go quickly, just go quickly. Well, well, continue like how at that same time that, you know, she gets this voicemail from her deranged, violent, has been talking about violence um, on his wife. At the same time she gets that voicemail, she sees on the news that like parallel to this, another story is happening. One of the teenagers that was kidnapped He's like staggering home and it's like the mom's perspective. She's looking out the window and she, you know, kind of sees his like the way he walks or something like that. And then, you know, he's covered in blood and he gets in. Yeah. yeah. So there's like the two parallel stories going on. Um, 
at the same time. And you know so- what's interesting is that is that because of the way <clears throat> she talks about John Abbott as her patient, she she introduces him she introduces him as someone who is obsessed with his wife and like very controlling of his wife and some of the things that he has is like a problem with his landscaper or a problem with his neighbor because he feels like his wife might be cheating on him with them and so he's she's she couches like otherwise if she hadn't done that we would have immediately suspected that there was a link between these two situations right I didn't suspect that link because of the way this author wrote about John Abbott and how he was obsessed with his wife and of course you know if you're obsessed with your with a with a woman who is your wife why would you connect that to a a, the bleeding heart killer who is taking teenage good-looking teenage boys and 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 sexually assaulting them and taking their penis and like and and doing all this other stuff crazy stuff to them and they're pinky pinky. yeah just like a lot of weird stuff and you yeah. And you wouldn't connect these two things, but they happen at the same time. So I guess looking back, we should have had more awareness of there being the connection. But yeah. um, the author did a really good job of that. Like she did, just, yeah, subtly dropping hints. But yeah, because mm-hmm. Gwen, the psychiatrist, yeah. doesn't really put that much two and two together. In, yeah, that yeah. then we're totally like blindsided. So as this well. is, you know, when I I've had a problem with the other books where I'm like the inner dialogue is not matching like what's happening in the book. In this case, she did a really good job of that. The inner dialogue mm-hmm. was there was no deception for us. And so that's why I liked it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel deceived. I felt like I was along for this journey along with Gwen. And so that was much more satisfying to me than like just the the author trying to like hoodwink us with like a, oh surprise they have the secret no like I kill you know, all these people <laughs> yeah exactly like th- that's like I'm almost waiting for that like oh, it's Gwen who has all these people who's yeah. killed all these people like you know I'm always waiting for that but I'm glad that this was true to the story which is mm-hmm. you know so I did enjoy that I think it was I think um so basically we go through, she meets on at the funeral for John Abbott. She goes, which I don't, I don't think I would that's go. That's weird. Would you go? No, no, no. I don't think that's she appropriate. Meets, no. It's, and she meets, very she goes afterwards. No, a very. Yeah. And she goes afterwards and like, and she's like drinking her sorrows in the bar and she sees like a hot, a hot older, a old, I guess, hot guy, hot guy <laughs> in a suit who's there. And they find out they were both at the funeral together and she lies and says, she was there for the the, the wife's wife. side and doesn't know anything. And then basically they get together, they go home together, they have hot, steamy, romancy, multiple orgasmy. But sex. it wasn't described, and but that was it. No, not described. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that just that it was good. And then she wakes up in the morning and she smells bacon or she smells something cooking. And then she goes downstairs and she finds out that this man is snooping through those files. It's basically all of her notes from from with John Abbott, the funeral that they just went to. That she so just has like, laid out. <laughs> she just laid out, just laid out. And so he's like looking at them and she's like, excuse me, what the hell? And he leaves and then, like, he comes back later with, like, flowers. I don't know. Like, it would. Th- th- there's a lot more to the story, but it's basically he hires her to then, like, try to find out the the uh, psychological profile on the bleeding heart killer um, because he doesn't think the person that the escaped kid is blaming was the one at blame. I guess and he, you remember he's why. An, yeah. So, well, he's invested yeah. in this personally yes. because his son was the sixth um victim right Mm -hmm, and the seventh the seventh one is his name is scott and he's the one that escaped and has named 
this high school science teacher, um, Randall Thompson. Um, he's mm-hmm. named him as the killer. And this this daddy, Robert, is the one that Glenn mm. sleeps with. He, um, you know, is pretty much, he's a defense attorney. And he's pretty much like, I don't think this guy Randall did it. I think uh, Scott, the escaped teenager, is like, you know, kind of falsely lying about something. Him. Yeah, lying mm-hmm. about something. Meanwhile, Ran- meanwhile, um, they, the police find evidence um, at Randall's house of... I don't know what was in it. What was in there? It was like, it was like driver's licenses and like jewelry and like some trinkets. Yeah. Trinkets. It wasn't any dismembered members or digits Mm -mm, or anything like that. So yeah, Robert is just kind of like, uh, something's up with this kid, Scott, and just is like, I'm going to defend, I'm a defense attorney. And so I'm going to defend, um, Randall Thompson. So he asks Gwen, um, to, work with him and create like a profile on uh, all I guess of a killer yeah to, for, to for see the who, the, who the killer exactly exactly yeah. he doesn't think that it's been caught and he wants to make sure that that killer has been caught and doesn't do this to anybody else right and and so Gwen is super excited because this is like her dream job too yeah yeah <laughs> and I mean but she's also kind of like I mean she definitely like tried to talk him out of it a couple of times like yeah. you know you're too close you're a grieving father and all those things I didn't like sure she was getting a hard on because he was asking her to do this and she yeah. was super excited but I thought that was great that she at least yeah like took a beat and was like no she should you really be doing this you know you should t- have some counseling like all this stuff and Robert is kind of like I don't need counseling like I'm okay um all those kinds of things he did so, need counseling yes he did need counseling. 100% 100% so Gwen kind of you know, she takes on this job and she doesn't really share with anybody except her friend Meredith, who's also a psychiatrist treating um, sex addicts. Sexual or, disorders. Yeah, sexual disorders. Like yeah. Se- okay. Yeah. She only tells her about it there. Um, I actually really liked Meredith. She was probably my favorite character. She's oh my really gosh. Direct. Uh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> She's super. There was something I, I like highlighted something to be like, oh my God, I need to tell you about this. <laughs> Let me, you keep going. I'm going to pull up that highlight. So funny. Well, basically, you know, Gwen tells Meredith, like, first of all, A, I slept with this guy and it was the best sex I ever had, blah, blah, blah. And number two, he's asked me to create this profile. And Meredith is like, yeah, do it. Like, go for it. But then, you know, also have your cake and eat it too. Whereas Gwen is kind of like in this juxtaposition, like, I, he's hot. I really do want him. We have, you know, this current recent history not current but recent history of a one-night stand and stuff like that but Robert he's a gentleman I would say I mean he he doesn't make Mm -hmm. any moves or anything like that he he does like I feel like he gave like so many missed signals like he would he did you know well I understood uh, at the end why yes because he thinks that she's guilty yeah yeah so so the thing that I highlighted to to bring up was when they when she when Gwen is talking about her sex life with Meredith and Meredith is like really encouraging her to like unclip her bra from the front or whatever and she like she says and Gwen says remind me to never tell you about my sex life again and Meredith responds with ha honey it's not a life it was a fart in a silent room that's why it made a big stink (laughs) Trust me, if you had 
<laughs> just basically that was the that was the funniest and grossest and like crudest like thing I'd ever heard. I could not imagine a single person in my life ever saying that. Like seriously, I, honestly, it was very funny. It, it, it actually, it, it, I had to it stop. It reminded me of you. Well, it reminded me <laughs> of you. Not that you would say those exact words, but you yeah. would just encourage it. She I really would. reminded me of you. She would. Yeah. Yeah, you would I would just be like, do it. What are you? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> that kind I would. Of thing. I so. definitely would. But I wouldn't say that it's a fart. It's a fart in a silent Nobody's room. Whatever makes a big stink. It's like, Nobody this is gross. I just like, we went from talking about sex to a, a stinky <laughs> fart in a room. Like what? This is not. No, you definitely wouldn't say that. But throughout no. the book, you know, Robert is like hot and cold with Gwen and you know, we do figure out why in the end, but, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, there are two parallel stories going on. There's still the other story with Scott, the escaped teenager, and meanwhile, while the storyline with Gwen and Robert is going on, you know, this guy Scott, he's at home with his parents and his mom is super concerned about him because here he is coming home being after being kidnapped for what seven weeks six seven weeks or something like that he was like the the popular guy um you know had lots of girls flirting with him and stuff like that and he's just kind of not responding to his friend's text but he is willing to go on tv and do all these kind of like talk shows and interviews and all that kind of stuff so the mom is just kind of like what she's starting to get suspicious i really appreciate that also of the mom just being really intuitive and because i think it's really easy to like um turn a blind eye but i felt like the mom was really like kind of on top of it yeah especially the especially the at the end. end yeah especially all the way to the very and end and that's and you know the profile for this kid scott is like he's this rich beverly high mm-hmm. student you know student very privileged and you know the parents are um well the mom doesn't work right nita rita mm-hmm. whoever she was nita. she yeah she doesn't work and you know they just are this hoity-toity you know, they're, they're, I guess the persona is supposed to be that, but they're actually really nice people. And they're very, I felt like down to earth. Well, or, her, her husband was not, he was just well, like a serial cheater. But he was like a, such he, a small part though, you know, yeah. even at the end though, yeah. in the end, he kind of redeemed himself, but he was such a small part, but the, the mom for sure, this housewife yes. that, well, I mean, know. but the thing is, the thing is we, we couldn't like fully, be, I couldn't fully be on board with that because she was like basically stalking her son you know which she should have done I know which she should have done but like but at the same time like it seemed like an unhealthy obsession for her too like instead of just like instead of just being like okay I'll check on you or whatever she's like obsessively watching exactly where he's going on the screen when she's put the location tracker on I think I I mean I would have too too. yeah I would have too but it doesn't come I would have too but I understand that that's an unhealthy that would have been an unhealthy thing to do because she's traumatized and and you know she's having a hard time letting him go and she had good intuition because in the end you know he was he was not he was not uh making maybe the best choices (laughs) but yeah um, I mean I don't know. I still kind of side with her about this because he wasn't like opening up to them at all. And, you know, kind of talking. And And she could tell he was lying about something. Yeah. There are little pieces of his story that like he would also kind of like quickly go through in his interviews, but then focus on only certain parts every single time. And so I, 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 I 
didn't fault her at all for anything that she was and you know she's concerned I didn't about fault her son. but you but in the book you're supposed to start feeling like she's going she's a little bit crazy like you're oh. I think that she's written in such a I not to us because we're brown but because <laughs> but for white people this is an extreme behavior that's like, a good point most okay. white people they just let their kids do whatever oh yeah see you at home before dinner time or yeah okay have fun you know see you whenever <laughs> brown brown parent brown people don't do that that's not how our family that's not how we grew up so this okay. seems normal to us but yeah. I would say that for for like white for white people, especially like rich white people of a 17 year old boy who's like used to going out and partying and having lots of friends. I feel like this is highly abnormal behavior for her. Sure. Right? Okay. That, that's okay. a good point. Uh, but yeah, I think this is like a norm for me and yeah. probably will be for my, <laughs> my kids as well. But um, so I, you know, while both of the stories are going on and while Scott's side of the story is kind of progressing, so is Robert and Gwen's side. Um, you know, but again, we don't know how Robert got all the case files. It's, it sounded or it made it, the author made it seem like he had had them. It wasn't because he was the, the all of a sudden the defense attorney for Randall. Um, but so that part was a little weird to me. It seems to me um, like he might've had like a contact because he is a defense attorney. That's had, that's, that was the idea that I had for that. Oh, that's a good idea. But yeah, it seems like some of the police officers, this was also just a very small, like two line or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The police officers weren't really a big fan of his because he had argued. Represented bad guys. Yeah, yeah, and he had argued to let them have a lesser sentence or, you know, whatever they got off or something like that. Apparently, he's really good in the courtroom. But, um, you know, she studies these case profiles of all the kids. Well, let's also mention that she's let's also mention that she is um, under investigation herself for like maybe mm-hmm. not reporting that John Abbott was. Um, a threat to himself or others which is apparently part of her ethical code now this was interesting because I don't know a lot about like the ethical code that she would particularly be under Um, because I have I am a healthcare professional and there is no time I don't think ever in my entire life where somebody's going to subpoena me to talk about my patient in court so I have not been prepped on what is something that is appropriate and what is not what is something a need to know versus not what do you keep private what do you what do you spill like anytime somebody comes sniffing around I'd be like oh the police are asking for stuff here it's everything and she's really (laughs) she's really like I have to be careful because if if I get in trouble because I didn't report John for his crazy like dangerous fantasies and I feel like he might be a danger if I if I get in trouble for this my my entire business is going to go up and I'm I'm not going to be able to get work anymore and my reputation will be ruined and all this stuff okay so, so I had a problem with on. that I had a problem with that because How here so? she do- is doesn't put away her files doesn't lock her yes. door doesn't put it Terrible. away but then she's really Stupid. concerned about patient confidentiality when the police come yeah. or you know Rob I that was I, I felt like pick, she's not pick like the side. smartest. <laughs> she's like not the not the smartest, except for that we're supposed to believe that she's super smart because yeah. she's apparently able to do this this job of like creating a site. That's why I kind of didn't believe it because she didn't come across as a very smart character to me. And so I was like, could can we even believe her her like mm-hmm. idea of this like of of like of her psychological analysis and like this profile? Are we even supposed to believe that anything she's written is going to be like 
like, can we believe any of it? Because she just kind of seemed dumb to me. Like she just wasn't making good decisions throughout her entire, the entire book. So I was already like discrediting anything she could have written up in that profile. I mean, and she even said like, why me? There are dozens of other, you know, people in my profession. Why couldn't you ask them to do it? But we know why. Well, we find out why. Yes. At the end. But um, yeah, she's studying these cases, you know, the teenage boys and, you know, has these gruesome pictures and, you know, all kinds of stuff. She writes up a profile of what she thinks this BH killer could be, would be, presents, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, all along, Robert is receiving these reports from her. And I, I felt like he, he was asking more questions, mindful questions. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, keeping her on her toes a little bit. This is what I'm saying about him being hot and cold. Like, he was warming up to her, you know, trying to butter her up. Like, let me get this profile that you have. She gives it to him, and then he's, like, cold. And that, you know, well, yeah, we find out the end. Because we find out in the end yeah. why. But we but didn't, the I didn't understand it during the, I didn't understand yeah. it during the book either. So this yeah. was really smart. Again, it yeah. was very satisfying in the end, I feel like, yeah. this book. Yeah. So let's so, get to the end. Sure. Let's just get there. Say it. <laughs> okay so basically in the end we find out that john abbott is the bleeding heart killer and that we find that out because a real estate agent is touring the home the home of the deceased and she's With- like apparently in california you don't have to you don't have to disclose if people died in the house which yeah. i think no you do is that true i yeah, thought so no, but she said she didn't have ha- to you have to disclose if um Oh no, you do. You absolutely Yeah, that's do. what I thought. Yes. But in the yes. in the book she mentioned that that was not a California law and I was like, I'm pretty sure you have to. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, she goes in they go into the attic and she was marveling at how like well made and constructed the the ladder to get up into the attic was. And the 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 people that were touring look up there and they're like, What the hell is this? And it's like it a table with smells there's a table with six dismembered pinkies on it there's a bed with like manacles on the side and there's like tufts of hair stuck in random places and it smells like fear which i don't know i'm sure that's a gross smell of what whatever that could be yeah so um so then they find out that that's john abbott's house so he clearly is the killer Mm -hmm. and so then she gwen gets that information and she's like oh she she yeah. immediately goes home. I know I was doing the the mind blown <laughs> gesture there. She goes home. She starts opening her like file of John Abbott and being like, "How did, How I, did miss I miss this? this?" Yeah. And it's because John Abbott was really smart, including organized, like, organized, meticulous. like exactly like her mm-hmm. profile, organized, meticulous, and he was really careful about how he was talking to her to her because he didn't obviously didn't want her to get him caught. And so he was saying, like, my wife likes the landscaper, but by the landscaper, she meant Gabe, the son of Gavin. And she would be like, oh, well, then just fire your landscaper. And so that would be the day she looked Mm -hmm. back and see that would be the day that that he was strangulated and killed that day. And then Mm -hmm. she would be like, he was like, I'm so afraid that she's she's like into the neighbor. And I'm like really worried about this one. And then in the end, that was the day that he died because the neighbor was gay it was um scott, scott and apparently he and brooke the wife were having an emotional affair and she had helped him to escape and that was the final straw and so um so she's looking at this so she basically thinks that scott i mean um john abbott had 
concocted some sort of a something to interact with her medications to stop her heart. She had heart medication. So she ended up having a heart attack. And then and then she was like, okay, then that must have been when he turned the knife over on himself. But then as she's going through the files, she sees Robert Cavan like at her door and she lets him in and he has a knife like coming to kill her. So she's like, I swear yeah, her because he had didn't he like th- this is what I'm saying she was an idiot because her key yes. was somewhere on the porch I thought he yes. she was in her office like at her oh home he just he had let himself in locked in with the knife. I thought I thought that he had just she had un- kept her door unlocked I thought that would that was the that that's what I thought maybe too. I didn't read it she was like I forgot to close my door like that's yeah. what she said later so <laughs> he like, like walks that. in and he has a knife and and she, and she and he like slices the cord to her like landline and she doesn't have any access and so she has to be like oh whoa 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 wait 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 uh, he's been telling me to do this psychological profile he knows that this is the killer the psychological profile matches John Abbott and I'm just like he's wondering why I haven't connected the dots it's because she's kind of dumb and so and she has to convince him that she like she swears she didn't know and then he was like okay fine he believes her he puts he puts down his knife and then he tells her he confesses to her that he was actually the one who called who killed john abbott he was there that night he found john abbott over the his wife's body sobbing and robert came up behind him and like had like wrapped his hand he had gloves on and like stabbed him up and back as if he stabbed himself in the stomach and then he just like bled out on the floor for 15 minutes and confessed everything that they had been doing he, he confessed yeah, the whole it, stories everything part, and so I he's known all of it funny. i thought that did was, you <laughs> yeah well no, no not that no no, no no robert what robert did like not the killing part but the robert just okay. sat at the kitchen counter drinking well, I mean, a chai and was like yeah. tell me everything. and like please <laughs> tell me everything that you did yeah. yeah i mean well i mean he's not gonna call the cops because he just killed him yeah. right and 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 this guy is like you know he he wanted the attention because that was part of the psychological profile he wanted the attention so his last 15 minutes of fame was with robert cavan telling him all mm-hmm. the stuff that he did so he could feel that attention before he died and so <clears throat> so scott knew i mean um Robert knew the whole time and was just waiting for her to to confess basically to knowing that because she had said oh no I protect I protect my patients even if I think they might be a danger sometimes and so Mm -hmm. that was one of the times he ran cold was because he's like well so you could have saved my son but she just like had not known so anyway apparently I do want to mention really quickly that John Abbott the killer was also a pharmacist which was why Mm -hmm. he got his hands on whatever medication to mess with um his wife brooks heart medication too so he was able and to that's do how that. he like picked his victims too mm-hmm. like gabe robert cavan's son was a was a diabetic. patient of his mm-hmm. and diabetic and so he had a lot of information and in fact robert grew suspicious of john abbott because he normally would pick up the diabetes medication and the insulin and the insulin pump and all that stuff from the pharmacy but during the time that gabe was missing he wasn't getting like he he wasn't getting the reminders to to get the refill yeah yeah and then when he goes at the end he sees that the refills were getting picked up Mm -hmm. 
but he yeah. wasn't the one who was getting them and it was just him. So yeah, it was like, mm-hmm. a, that was how it, he got tipped up. So I think the really smart person in this story was actually Robert Cavan. I think he was mm-hmm. the smartest person in the story. Gwen was kind of dumb, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. not all of her, like the fact that she was like so obtuse about this and then, you know, couldn't make any of the connections until the very, very, very end. And, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't protect herself in any way. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. Yeah. Just so, an idiot leaving just an her idiot. door open, unlocked, all those things. Yes. Okay, so the, this is, I texted you and I was like, it was Robert. He is the killer. Yes. This is the reason, this is the he reason was. why. Is, well, y- yes, but I predicted the wrong killer. But the reason yes. why I thought he was the BH killer, but not his, so all the victims had the same kind of kill, basically, except yeah. for his son. So I, I thought he didn't. He was the one that did that part. But mm-hmm. Gwen, in her profile, um, not in her original one, but her second profile she made, she um, said that this was like a multiple personality disorder. And so, you know how yeah. I was saying he, Robert was like hot, cold, hot, cold. That's when I was like, oh, maybe it's Robert. And he, this is just like a sick game. Like, yes, he wants that attention from it. That's why he's defending Randall Thompson, all those things. We do have to talk about Scott Harden, like why he lied about Randall Thompson super quickly. Yeah. Randall Thompson yeah. was also like a predator in his own way. He, um, Randall, Randall yeah. Thompson. Yeah. 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 He, um, preyed on high school girls that he was the teacher of. He, I think he raped a couple. He definitely, yes. um, assaulted a bunch, um, things like that. And so, um, Brooke was actually um, a student of his 20 years ago or 10 years ago, whatever it was, and he actually raped her. And um, this is how Brooke kind of manipulates God. And she's telling him, like, you know, uh, this is what this guy Randall did to me. This is what the plan is going to be. We're going to let you go and you're going to you're going to blame Randall for this. You're going to ID him, all these things. And that's how she was going to get her revenge. And she also just played this mind game with Scott saying that she loved him. They had sex a couple of times. And then he he really felt like she was the victim. And, you know, he was going to go back and be with her in a couple of months and things like that. So. That was yeah. the whole thing. So with he was Scott. he was in love with her, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The interesting part was they that she didn't even consider was that there were more than one, there was more than one person involved. Yeah. I guess most serial killers work alone, but in this case, it was them both really sick minded people who were mm-hmm. working together to do these mm-hmm. sick acts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was. I actually thought that it was wrapped up really well, and actually it was interesting when her when um, Scott was gonna just go finish off randall Tom- thompson mm-hmm. or whatever t- alone because he was suing the family for like wrongful for like the wrongful police, whatever the family yeah yeah 10 million dollars <laughs> yeah. and so he was gonna just go and scott was just gonna go and kill him and then his mom found him with the knife and was like hello cut, put the knife down and come back let's not do we'll, this yeah we'll Good mom. deal with it yeah yeah, we'll deal with it. So yeah. yeah, very interesting. And uh yeah, the 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 book ended with basically everything being honky dory. Gwen like her practice flourished even though she did a bad job and she's yeah. bad at her job. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and Robert like quit and and like became a beach bum at Venice Beach, like bought a nice house on the bend, like let his hair grow. And then it ended with him like being like, hey, can you be my counselor? Like I need therapy finally. And she's yeah, like, OK, weird. I'm just and yeah. because, of course, there's nothing unethical about banging your your 
your client, client. which is of course <laughs> what's going to be happening if she treats him like so yeah. she's so dumb she's so bad at her job <laughs> despite well, all of that a little bit of little bit of meredith in her <laughs> she's so terrible i love that meredith was like Last night, I masturbated to the thoughts of my client today. I'm like, oh, this lady is so unhinged. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you both deserve each other. I am so used to books where like I like the heroine. There's like a heroine and she's like above reproach. And now I'm reading all these books where like these deeply flawed people and I don't like being in that headspace. I did not like Gwen very much. <laughs> I was But just the book like, was good. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. She was like, okay to me. I didn't yeah. hate her or anything. She wasn't as bad as some of the other people we've had. That's for yes. sure. But like, yes. she was dumb. And I don't like to be in the, the mind of a, a dumb person. I couldn't believe anything that she was writing in her psychological profiles mm-hmm. because she was making so many dumb decisions. So like, mm-hmm. if you're going to be smart, be smart all over. You know, you can make <laughs> one mistake, but like, don't be making making continuous like dumb mistakes and then expect me to like take your advice for anything. Yeah. Because exactly. at this point you have exactly. been discredited. Yes. I would not trust her at all. No. Let's get to our ratings. Let's do it. All right. So for um, writing. Uh, I would, I I would say like a four out of five. I agree. I mean, I get, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually say five. I I liked it. I, again, I kept coming back to it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's for me. All right. How about for plot? Uh, for plot, same, like a four out of five. Again, I'm so picky. I what, There's just some loose bows that I wish were tighter. What about you? Um, four out of five because Gwen was dumb. Thank you. <laughs> um, spice. A, a half, a one maybe? Yeah, 0. 0.25. And it would have been a half except for the fart in a silent room. <laughs> Took it down a quarter quarter star because gross, super grossed out. Still, are you by gonna that. think about that? Are you gonna? Think I am. About that I time? am. Yes, that's why it makes a big stink. I'm like, I can't. It's just like, <laughs> I can't. All right, and then romance. How would you rate the romance? Oh, I would say zero. I don't feel like there was. It, it wasn't reciprocated. It, yeah, you know, well, she, it was kind I of like reciprocated. She, kind of, but then again, he was hot and cold. I, I would say yeah. lust. There was lust. Yeah. That was it. There was lust yeah. in there. Yeah. I, I did, like I did like at the end. Too. Yeah. I did like at the end that Robert reached out to Gwen and was like, yo, you want to have a drink? <laughs> and, yeah. You know, whatever. There was Be like my counselor talking. and also let's bone. Yeah. Like, again, bad yeah. decisions all around. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, How would you rate your drink? Oh, I like scotch. Uh, so a five out of five. Yeah. And mine you? is definitely a five out of five. Yours, yours is a 10 out of 5. So it is. It's so good. It's so good. All right. So what is your overall rating for this book? Uh, it's probably the highest that I've had on the, uh, on our show is 4 out of 5. Yeah. Where I rated you? it exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. I rated it the same. Yay. Yeah. See, I Yay, thought you had a like good this. rating. Yes, I did. I, did. I, did I know. Like good job. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So 4 out of 5. This was a good one. This is for the books. This is actually my favorite thriller we've read. Um, I liked the cold cases book that we read, uh, the book yeah, of cold same. cases, but that was like paranormal. So it wasn't exactly in the same genre, but I really yeah. enjoyed that as well. Well, so that another bonus good. is that this was only like 230 pages. It was so short that that was, was. also a big plot. That was a big plus. Great. It was great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Loved it. It wrapped up so quickly and didn't drag on and yeah. it was just done nicely. So I would recommend this book mm-hmm, to same. like everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. same, same. 
All right. So that's it for this episode. I do want to set up the next book that we're reading. It's called Half a Soul by Olivia Atwater. That would be on our next episode. Yeah, that's my pick. I haven't read a ton about it, (laughs) but I think it is like fantasy fae romance so we'll see i know not vampires (laughs) not vampire fae so it should be like historical like it's supposed to like sort of regency area regency era with like fantastical elements i don't know i didn't read the i didn't read a lot about it i just read somebody gave it a good rating on book talk and then I looked at Goodreads and it was there. So and it had good. I was just there, about so. to ask yeah, you where where did you hear this book from? Because I haven't. But Book Talk makes sense. Book Talk, yeah, it's always yeah, Book Talk nice. for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I guess that's it for today. That's it for today. Happy reading, guys. See you next time. Happy reading. <laughs> <laughs>